Thanks so much for tuning in today. I'm going to share six tips with you to help you feel like a more empowered advocate for your child. Hello, I'm Whitney King, mother of two, future wife of the sweetest man alive, lover of all things wine and executive behavior specialist of Leap Behavior Support. Welcome to my podcast. All right, guys, so let's get into those six tips. So the first thing to know is, you know, last season I talked a lot about being person centered. So if you're just tuning in for the first time to my podcast, feel free to go check that out. But I'm still going to bring you up to speed. So being person centered is when we take the approach for planning purposes and we focus solely on what is important to what is important for good to good for the person who the plan is for. There was once upon a time when support plans were written for people and not really taking into account what was important to them and the things that really mattered to them. Because, you know, at one point in time, people thought that the people with uh, different abilities just did not have opinions. They did not have feelings. They merely needed to be cared for. And thankfully, we know that to not be true this day. So my goal is to give you six tips to help you feel like a more empowered advocate for your child with intellectual, developmental, mental health disabilities, and they may have co-occurring behavior challenges as well. So that first tip is heal. So you want to heal by accepting. What that means is discuss possible emotions that you may be feeling, and that includes fear, sadness, grief, and also know that your emotions are valid. You know, sometimes you may feel like family and friends won't always understand what you are going through, especially when you first receive that diagnosis for your child. Um, I remember uh, that moment when I found out my son had ADHD. I, you know, I'm in the field myself. However, you know, you can't help but play back to wonder what, what went differently or what you could have done differently differently. You know, I was thinking, you know, like I've tried dieting, you know, I've tried removing dyes from his diet, mom minimizing the amount of sugars he's eating and things of that nature. But the fact of the matter is, this is who he is. But I want you to know that your emotions are very valid and it's okay. Um, Acknowledgement leads to healing and that is what leads to empowerment. So acknowledging that your child is a whole being, even with their different abilities, And you are still their wonderful parent. Okay. Second one, engage. You want to engage with others who understand with you and understand with your child. You may have emotions, but don't exclude your child's experience. They're living the life, you know, and don't get so wrapped up in therapies and trying to figure out medications and things of that nature that you don't make time to play. And that includes playing with them. Believe it or not, children really do learn a lot through play. So when you reduce that opportunity, you are reducing their opportunity to learn new things. This is still the same child that you loved before you were aware of the diagnoses. Nothing is different about them. They just have a different ability now. Your partner, don't forget that they have emotions about this experience too. I know we as moms just kind of want to hug it all up to ourselves because we're the ones who carried, you know, that sweet baby and feel like no one else can understand, but that's not true. Um, I actually did not want to tell my son's father. I felt like he didn't need to know, <laughs> but I knew that was not right. So it's important to take their feelings into consideration too. 
And remember, you will make new friends. Now, this isn't to say you have to get rid of the old friends, but know that as you move into this new phase of life and, you know, possibly a life filled with doctor's appointments and psychologists and IEPs and things of that nature, you may learn that your life starts to take a different turn. So you will get new friends who live lives similar to yours and have a lot of those things in common. Learn to ask for help. Okay. You're nervous about how outside help and professionals will respond to your child's needs. And there's nothing wrong with being nervous about that, but it's okay to ask for help. It's very important to have a village. We all know how I feel about village. I harped on it last season. I brought several people on last season because village is important and there are various resources out there. Although I consider myself to be very resourceful, I will still connect you to other people as you need it. Services available, such as respite care. Take a look at that. See what's available in your area according to what your insurance and funding source allocates for you. If you're private pay, there are several agencies out there that offer things such as respite care. I do as well in here in Virginia Beach. But no matter what area you are in, most states, if not all, have services out there available for you. So don't feel bad if you need to utilize some of those services, respite care, personal care, personal assistance, in-home supports, all of those things. Take a look at them. Learn to ask for help with supporting your children's siblings. And in the, I'm going to use a little bit of jargon here, but it's called neurotypical and I'm throwing my air quotes, but um. I don't like the word normal or regular because there's nothing abnormal about our children with different abilities, but our neurotypical siblings may start to feel like they're get, not getting as much attention. Um, so learn to ask for help with them as well. Maybe they need, you know, someone to talk to um, for an outlet and to make new friends and things of that nature, just, you know, so they'll have somebody to relate to. P, perfection doesn't exist. Behavior challenges may arise. Okay, sensory challenges often occur. So some behavior challenges that could arise could depend on, you know, certain medications your child is on. Um, Sensory challenges that could arise, again, certain medications your child is on. And it could not have anything to do with the medication. It could have something to do with just their different ability. So that's something to look out for. And if you want more details on this stuff, you're going to have to catch that playback. So I can't give you all the juice in the podcast, but I want to give you these tips. Be sure to go catch that playback. So again, perfection doesn't exist. Um, Remain person centered. And that means keeping your child at the focus. Don't make any of their support needs about what you feel works best without taking into account what is best for them. Don't compare your child to others. Their progress is not a reflection of your parenting skills. I'm going to repeat that because somebody out there needs to hear it. That somebody was me. Don't compare your child to others. Their progress isn't a reflection of your parenting skills. Understand that relationship and family challenges may arise. Perfection does not exist. It is okay. Experts are available to your family. You are your child's expert and biggest advocate. You are. 
Okay. Finding qualified professionals such as psychologists, behavior specialists, psychiatrists, mental health counselors, etc. You know, ABA, that's a big one that comes up. That is a science-based approach that most insurance companies pay for, for support for your child to help acquire new skills. Um, that is run by a board certified behavior analyst. Um, and you want to take a look at whatever service someone is offering to you. Find out if there's a certain license required in order for them to run that service. And you want to do that just to make sure that you're dealing with really good ethical people and people who are operating within their scope of practice. Medications are prescribed from physicians, psychiatrists, nurse practitioners, and things, you know, so basically medical professionals. As much as I know about supporting people with different abilities, I cannot write prescriptions. I just can't. I can't give diagnoses either. That's something that comes from medical um, medical professionals. Excuse me. I'm stumbling over my words here. Medical professionals. That's where you're going to get that information from. And navigating insurance companies. You can ask for a liaison with your insurance company to help you navigate what services are available in your area to help you with the diagnoses that your child has received. So don't feel like you have to just spend hours on Google. For one, you're not going to know what to Google. You don't know what to Google unless you know what to Google. Okay, so ask for help. Learn to communicate with your child. If there are communication barriers in place, some of those professionals you could seek out include speech language pathologists, and occupational therapists. You could also reach out to speech language pathologists and occupational therapists if there are eating disorders in place. Maybe there's a hypersensitivity to certain textures of food, certain textures and clothing, such as tags. Now, I don't like tags in my clothes myself, but I can tolerate it. If you notice your child has a hyper, which means above normal, uh, sensitivity to that or hypo, they have a very low sensitivity. Um, and you'll see hyposensitivity with children who don't care about the temperature. They either want a coat or shorts. They don't care that it's cold or hot. They, that's called a hyposensitivity. Um, they may touch things that are hot and it doesn't impact them. That's a, an example of a hyposensitivity um, to temperatures. You want to make sure that you are in contact with a speech language language pathologist or an occupational therapist. And again, your insurance company can help you navigate those spaces and find professionals that are within network to help you help your child. Then you have IEPs versus 504 plans. They are covered under the law idea. It is a law binding document that your school has to follow. You may have to initiate a request for one of those plans. And then that assessment will take place. An interdisciplinary team will be formed for your child at their school. And you will become a part of that team and having annual meetings or as often as you need, but annual meetings at least to update those plans as needed. And then we have routines. You want to create routines for your child. How do we do that? 
What is important to your child? Is there a certain time of day they need to be up? Do they operate better when they're down by a certain time in the evening? Are they involved in sports? Things of that nature. So you want to take that into account when creating a routine. What about a routine that works for parents as well? You know, my son is very hyperactive. Since he was a baby, my son wakes up. I swear to God, he wakes up before Jesus. He is up early in the morning. So we're all up early in the morning, but he's down early in the evening. So that means I had to adjust my schedule to look like that as well. I start my day very early because he's ready to get started and there's nothing he can do about it. That's who he is. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Early birds catch the worm is what I say. So I turn that into some some positivity and some self-fulfilling prophecy in that way. And just let him know he's being very productive early in the day. Um, you want to teach simple ADL skills. So even with that, an ADL means activities of daily living. So you want to teach some of those skills so that you don't create prompt dependency. What that means is prompt dependency will looks like your child waiting on you to prompt them to do something or waiting on you to do it before they respond or in order for it to get done. So we want to make sure that we continue to empower our kids so that they don't become um, crippled due to, and when I say crippled, I mean not able to do as much as they can due to their different ability. Let's not, let's not limit that. If they can do something, let's empower them to do it. Let's not create prompt dependency by doing it for them. There is no perfect routine, but we want to make sure you keep this in mind so that you remain engaged, get ample rest and et cetera. Okay. If you paid attention to the letters and the words that I was calling out for each subject, you will realize that each thing, healing, engaging, learning to ask for help, perfection doesn't exist. Experts are available for your family and routines you would spell a helper. Learn to be a helper for your child. Hey there, thanks so much for tuning in today. I would love to stay connected. Follow me on Instagram at official underscore Leaf Village, Facebook, Leaf Behavior Support. Have a wonderful, wonderful week.